You you still you still really have hope that Trump could still uh, rule for four years. The way you're saying Supreme Court, Supreme Court. My reason is simple. Now, if the, the way the American electoral system works is that the media does not declare who the president is. There are legal procedures for these things. Each of the states mm-hmm. needs to have an attorney general. Each of the states has an attorney general. Now, it is the attorney general of the state. You remember there's an electoral empire. We haven't heard from the electoral empire. A lot of court cases are going on in almost every state. Hi guys, welcome to a fresh episode of Updates with Onkas podcast. Um, and today I'll be having a political analyst as a guest. Um, Emeka, what's good? Yeah, I'm fine. Good evening, everyone. Yeah. So, what has been the highlight um, of your weekend? Last weekend, what was the highlight of your weekend? Oh, um, I, I didn't have much highlights. Just um, following football and politics and the whole election going on and everything. So, there was <laughs> much to see because Arsenal lost and Arsenal is my team. So, <laughs> oh, well, all these Arsenal fans, man. How we do? Yeah, so talking about election, man. So Donald Trump lost his job. Mm-hmm. So well, does that come to you as a shock? Well, we wouldn't say he lost his job yet. I mean, there's <laughs> okay. still a process. There's still a process going on. So right. a lot can still come out of that. Um, what do you mean by a lot? Well, he has stated that he will go to court to challenge the results, and within the provisions of the constitution over there he has the right to so it's not the first time something like this is happening it has happened before and you know the person who was aggrieved as at then yeah went to court to seek redress and he was given his mandate so it's not yet um uhuru it's not over yet so yeah but do you think um personally i don't know do you think anything feasible is going to come out from it because i mean with the Nevada and um, Pennsylvania experiences where they went for redress and it was overruled. Is anything feasible going to come out from it, even if it still goes to court? Well, I guess anything can still come out of it. And speaking about Pennsylvania, um, there's a, there's an update, I think, as a 10 minutes ago. You know, okay. there, there was an, a bot error. I think one of the machines that were used for elections and the counting. So most of those errors have you know, being ratified. Some of them in Pennsylvania, as a speaker, are being ratified. And, you know, the numbers are swinging. We've had, like, three Congress and Senate members who initially thought they lost. And when these bots, these mistakes in these machines were corrected, they won overwhelmingly landslide victories. So I wouldn't even say it's over yet until the courts decide. It could go anyways. It could go anyways. But then you just have to wait for the final verdict. What you said, what you said about the Pennsylvania case is official or just speculations? No, it's not um, speculations. It's I I I I saw the news now before coming, you know, coming on air here. Okay, I saw the news now. It's even on my WhatsApp. I posted it, and it's a, the news agency yeah. that carried it is a, is a verified agency. So the votes are swinging, and that's why I said it's still open. Anything is still possible. It's still possible. Yeah. 
And but you know, you know the thing. The thing is that um, so many people feel like Trump should give up already, because it feel it feels like um, this guy won overwhelmingly, and it was so clear. So people don't really see the point of him fighting again. They feel at this point he should give up. I do. Do you actually see any point of him fighting? Well, well, well. It's not about what um, people feel. I mean, even okay. with the results that were that that were published by you know very popular media houses, Trump yeah. had seventy million votes, and if seventy million people voted for you and they feel that you should, um, that there there were irregularities. We've seen videos and people complaining about irregularities. It's your responsibility as a person who received their trust in voting to see to the end of the whole issue. I mean, if he goes to court and the court says there's nothing to see here, fine. He will know that he did his utmost best. But trying to dismiss him from going to court is like telling him not to exercise his constitutional right. And I think he should. Sure. Yeah. Okay, you know, the thing is that... um, um, from records or based on records, Joe Biden got like the most votes of any American president so far. I think over 75 million votes. And um, why do you think Americans wanted um, Trump out so badly? Like they actually came out to vote this time around, unlike even during Obama's time. Well, from the figures that the figures that he was um, that was published that led the media houses to declaring him you know, he had 75 I, I think around 75 million votes yeah. and trump's figures raked up to 70 million votes so the margin was close so okay what we had was a case of a simple majority if he had 75 and trump had 70 it means a very good number of americans wanted trump to still return so it's just the case of a simple majority which is very obtainable in democracy the majority carries the day. That is how it's said. So, yes, a lot of Americans wanted Joe Biden to become president. That notwithstanding, but a lot of people also wanted Trump to come back. So, yeah. Yeah, but, but people that wanted um, Trump out, like, what do you think their reasons could be, like, generally? Well, their, their concerns are legitimate. I mean, he, during his time in office, he has made some mistakes and, you know, People feel like Joe Biden could do a better job. I mean, they're in their right to think what they like or what they feel. So I think them going to the elections to express what they feel through their voting is, is, is something that is normal. It's it's only natural for people to have divergent opinions. I think that is the beauty of democracy. People mm-hmm. having different opinions on issues and thinking that, okay, this one will do it better, this one will do it better. He might be, they might be seeing it from their own side and the people who think Trump should come back might be seeing it from their own side. And that, that's why we had the elections and, you know, if more people think Biden should return, I mean, let him go. If more people think Trump should do his job, should continue with his job, it's fine. So it's just about majority, the majority carrying the day as it is in democracy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, you're, you're, the, the part you said... Um, um, Trump made a mistake while in office. You made it sound casual. I don't know these mistakes. Like, do you think um, it's something anyone could have made, or or it was actually quite a mistake for Trump to make well, during his administration? 
the mistakes i mean every administration makes mistakes every administration simply because administrations are run by humans and humans are not above mistakes um, okay so yes there were trump there were mistakes during the trump era a couple of them a few of them and some of them you know boils down to the way he was addressing especially he was addressing the people who were you know rioting and campaigning for black lives matter you know i think he should have been more compassionate with his words during that time so i think that alone failed a lot of people to say we want trump out but on the other hand um he has done quite well for himself i mean his figure has he yeah he has i mean done quite well for the economy and the american people his figures are amazing i would I really like you to highlight like some of the things you think he has done well for the american people well first of all before the whole covid19 lockdown um before corona became a thing he was doing an amazing job with the economy he had the best job numbers i think in a very long time in american history and again he has reduced the number of troops american troops stationed outside america um a lot mm-hmm. of troops stationed in iraq has been withdrawn and it's something that the american people have always wanted for less troops to be stationed outside and for the american resources to be returned home also in the area of the economy he has also returned a lot of factories from china which is something the obama administration thought it wasn't possible because i mean according to them the partnership, the production partnership and manufacturing partnership with China was something that had, you know, happened long before and it wasn't something that could just be done overnight. But then Trump made it happen. A lot of factories have returned from China. Yeah. So he, I mean, and again, Trump is one of the very first American presidents who has not invaded any sovereign nation since his reign in office. And again, he has brokered three peace deals in the Middle East between Israel and three very, you know, very, um, very high um, Arab, Arab, their Arab neighbors. I mean, the Middle East is one of the most unsettling regions of the world. The conflict there is always constant. I mean, having to get three peace deals for the Israeli government. And also he moved the, 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 the American embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, which is something every... American president from Bill Clinton to George Bush to Barack Obama promised to do, which meant a lot to the American people, which they did not do, which he did in his first mm-hmm. four years in office. So I think anybody trying to undermine him because probably he's not very nice with words and mean, he can be very mean sometimes the way he addresses um, journalists and um, a couple of people. And yeah, so, but he has done a good job. He knows his job, and he's probably one of the very few politicians I've seen in a very long time around the world that would say he would do something and he would do it. He's doing everything. <laughs> he's doing everything. But Dev, Dev, he, didn't, he didn't keep to all his words, no. All his campaign promises. You can't say everything. He I, did everything. I, 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 well, I would like you to point out the one that he didn't keep to. He promised a very robust economy, which he delivered before COVID-19. Um, there, is this, there is this wall he said he was going to build. That he said he will make these people pay for it. Um, I I'm trying the to Mexicans. remember the details. 
Yes, the Mexican. He'll make them pay for it. Well, guy, not he's him. building the wall, isn't he? Building the wall. He's building the wall, and at the the wall is still on. If from the best of my knowledge, I don't know if he has been completed. So the building is still on. It has not. Okay, hasn't been completed. The building is still yeah. on. So from now till let's say the next four years, if he returns, the chances are slim right now. If he had returned, anything would still have been possible. You understand, but he did say he will build the war and he's building the war. He wasn't bluffing about it when he said he will build the war. He said he will return factories from China, he's returning factories from China. He said he's going to move the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He is doing that. So, I he's he's one of the very few politicians that I know. I mean, who says things and he's making them happen. So, I think that's why 70 million people from the figures that we have so far thought he was good enough to come back to office okay okay but you know from from everything you you just pointed out um it feels like what he's 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 basically out for the international community and not looking out for his own people primarily i don't know no 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 like, it's actually the opposite okay. of that it's actually the opposite of that all right he is somebody who trump is a nationalist by orientation He's a core nationalist. Mm-hmm. And even when he was at the UN General Assembly last year, he said that the future belongs to nationalists who take pride in their national borders and in their national culture, that the future does not belong to globalists. And one of the challenges Trump has had, which is why I support him, one of the major challenges he has had as president was his outright support for nationalism over globalization. Okay. Most of the people who want Trump out of office are called globalists. And mm-hmm. myself as a person, viewing it from the African perspective as somebody who is solidly pan-African and someone who knows the effects, the negative effects that globalization has had on the African economy, I actually, to a very large extent, support his stand on nationalism because what he has done, he is going against big industries and big organizations that everyone thought was invincible. I mean, withdrawing funding from WHO, and initially everybody thought he overreacted. And then how many months down the line, the United Kingdom also goes ahead to withdraw funding from the WHO, citing reasons, the same similar reasons that Trump gave, that they are inefficient and they have not been up and up and running throughout the fight against COVID-19. So he's going against very big international organizations and the globalists, the globalists are not happy about it. That's why they're fighting him. Now, it has a negative impact for the American people, um, the American nation, the American state in the sense. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly why I said um, he feels like he's not really looking out for his people. No, he's looking out for the welfare of his people. He's he's concentrating everything on America, but the negative impact it has on the American state is that their influence on the international community will dwindle. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as a, um, America is is um is like the referee of world politics, and that's why when, you see when the elections are going on, everyone's eye is focused there. So they are like the present-day Roman Empire. And what happens with empires is that once an empire withdraws into its shell, another empire comes to take over. Now, in between. An empire trying okay. to draw and another empire being strong enough to rise to take over. A few people or a few civilizations or a few nations who are under the captivity of the old empire or the old order 
if they play their games or if they play their cards smartly enough, will be able to withdraw and you know regain themselves. Now that yeah. is what that is the angle that I was looking at it from, the Pan African angle because what he was doing was he was going up against the globalists, and what it meant was that the American influence on the international community would dwindle, and those who looked up to America for leadership on the international stage would be left in confusion. Now, in between that space, before we probably get um, a new empire or before we get a new administration in Washington that will try to, you know, amend things, a lot of nations will now know, their eyes will now be open to see the effects that globalization led by the American state has had on them, their economy, and, you know, every aspect of their life. So he has done a lot in that regard and if you're looking at you can look at it from two angles if you're somebody who is a core globalist you can see it's making the american influence on the international community dwindle but if you're looking at it from the angle of somebody who is a pan-africanist you would say that on the long run the effect will not be felt immediately that's the gospel truth but on the long run nations will realize that some of the establishments they thought were invincible we are not invincible like when he withdrew funding from the who immediately they mm-hmm. felt affected and even china's funding could not meet up with what america was providing and again to show you how influential america is months after he announced withdrawal Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister, also announced that the UK would be withdrawing funding from the WHO, citing reasons similar to what yeah. Trump said. So the WHO is one of the biggest organizations in the world, is is a parasitic of the United Nations. So if these things had happened, and you also had um, um the UN, the the former US um, ambassador to the United Nations, Ambassador Nikki Haley, resigning, citing reasons that um the United Nations has been taken over by enemies of Israel. The Trump administration has been very good friends of the Israeli state. So, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of things that would signal progress on the long run for nations, especially smaller nations who would like to be free from the shackles of globalization and imperialism. So, if you look at it from that angle, if you're somebody who has the understanding to see it from that angle, you would um, understand that, yes, a Trump presidency has had very positive effect on other smaller nations and other smaller powers. But you know, you know the thing with what you just said now. This effect, I don't even know if if Trump was still in power, or maybe if he had won the election, I don't think this effect would be felt even eight years from now. I don't know if he gets me. Yes. So I think yeah. I understand. It won't be felt immediately. I mean, it, I mean, look at what is happening in Rwanda. What what is happening in Rwanda is purely unprecedented for an African nation. What you had mm-hmm. before is that sub-Saharan African nations hardly ever developed. I mean, South Africa did develop because it had a very good population of white people, and it was white people in South Africa that built South Africa to what it is today. Prior to yeah. Trump's administration, the Rwandan regime did not have what it took. Rwanda is nationalizing its natural resources. Rwanda is trying to sell its natural resources at world market rates, not at imperialist rates. Now, a lot of that boldness came from what Trump was doing from Washington. It meant that 
nations who wanted to free themselves from the shackles of globalization and imperialism could actually go ahead to. Rwanda has witnessed massive progress. Now, let me tell you something. The president of Rwanda, Paul Kagame, has been in office since 2000. But the last four years has been the best four years of his administration. Because the administration okay. in Washington that didn't really care about controlling everything that was going on on the world stage. So a lot of nations had the free hand. And that is what the globalists are trying so hard to stop because if America withdraws, it means there's a, a huge vacuum on the international scene, a huge vacuum on who played the morality police of the international community. And that huge vacuum might lead to a lot of nations, especially within sub-Saharan Africa, getting to know exactly what they've been going through and starting the process through which they would withdraw from some of the treaties and some of the deals which they signed. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's um that's well understood. And yeah, you know, for for the future of um the United States right now, um, what do you think Joe Biden is going to do any job better than what Donald Trump had done? I think um a lot of um a lot of Trump has made a lot of impact. You can see if you if okay. you're looking at it from the from a globalist angle, you say he has done a lot of damage. But if you're looking at it from a nationalist angle, you say he has made a lot of impact. There's there are always two sides to a coin. So I think it will take time for Joe Biden to undo what Trump has done. If at the end of the day the Supreme Court upholds his victory because it's still up for contention. If the Supreme Court upholds his victory, it is going to take a lot of time for him to undo what Trump has done. In the sense that a lot yeah. of nations are now aware. A lot of countries now know that some of these organizations that they thought invincible are not as invincible as they thought it used to be. So a lot of countries okay. will now go into negotiations asking for market rate prices for their raw materials. There was a news that broke recently that um, for a very long time, the Nigerian government was exchanging, listening very well, they were exchanging crude oil for fined yeah. petrol. They were exchanging crude oil for fined petrol. Now, what that means is that crude oil, you can get up to nine products from crude oil. You can get petrol, you can get aviation for, you can get kerosene, you can get engine oil, you can get gas. Okay. And they were just, and they were exchanging they were that for exchanging just refined that petrol. Just refined petrol. That is the kind of carnage wow. and the kind of damage that imperialist and capitalist mindset and globalist, um, you know, agendas have done to the African markets, even for sale of raw materials. So when they now when they exchange that for refined petrol without money, when they exchange it for refined petrol, these people take it to their refineries, refine it. Now, they give us just refined petrol for crude oil. They have made it. Yeah. They will produce up to how many products that you can get from crude oil. They will come back and still yeah. sell it for us. Back, back to us, to us at again. very exorbitant prices. And not just that, they will also come. The refineries in their places provide employment opportunities for their people. You know, there are a lot of angles to this, but people are only seeing it through the angle of immigration. So that's why I said, if you're looking at it from the globalist angle, you say Trump has done a lot of damage. 
if you're looking at it from the nationalist angle and from the pan-african angle you will see trump has done a lot of good job so a lot is going on actually and i think that if the supreme court does uphold joe biden's victory it will take him a lot of time to undo what trump has done that is just the gospel truth well you 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 still you still really have hope that trump could still uh rule for four years the way you're saying supreme court supreme court my reason is simple now if the, the way the american electoral system works is that the media does not declare who the president is. There are legal procedures for these things. Each of the states mm-hmm. needs to have an attorney general. Each of the states has an attorney general. Now, it is the attorney general of the state. You remember there's an electoral umpire. We haven't heard from the electoral umpire. A lot of court cases are going on in almost every state in the country. And the electoral umpire has not spoken. So, if the electoral umpire has not spoken, it then means something is still going on that we might not be aware of. And it's not the first time it's happening in the American political system. Early this okay. decade, early this century, in the year 2000, when Billy Algori ran for president against um, George W. Bush. George Bush was, you know, running for office as the then governor of Texas. Billy Algori was the outgoing vice president who worked with um, Bill Clinton. Now, in their own case, it was a bit different because it was just one state in contention. There were mistakes and the media, take note of the word, the media, the same media, Fox News, CNN, Associated Press, the same set of people that called for for Billy Algori and even the Washington Times, Washington Post, the New York Times, every established organized media called for him and said he had been declared president. It took 32 days, 32 days, that's a month and two days, for the Supreme Court proceedings mm-hmm. to finally wear out and then the final verdict was given. And Judge Bush got his verdict turned in his favor and he got his mandate from the Supreme Court. So it's not like it's the first time this is happening. Now, we've heard cases of dead people voting. Now, Will Smith came out to say that his dead father's name was used to vote. The reason why... He said... Yes, the news came out today that his dead father's name was used to vote. It's all over the news. The reason why you're not seeing these things is that there seems to be a deliberate effort by the organized mainstream media in America and the entire world to shut out stories that might, you know, how will I put it? Not to tell the other side of the story, not to tell the conservative side side of the story. Now, but you know, you know, you know what? To be to be realistic, right now, I mean, the mail in voting, like we all watched most of the times. In, in fact, while it was even while they were still voting, um, Trump asked them to stop, not to count while they were voting, because it would have made it way easier for them. And he said everybody should vote. The mails should come in first before the voting happens. And then even after that happened, we could see them in the rooms. They showed us um, on the television where they were counting and everything. So I don't, I don't know why you think it could have been tampered with or mistake in quotes, according to you, could have happened while the counting was going on or while the voting the was happening. The reason why I think it has been tampered, the reason why I feel it has been tampered with, remember the... Um, let's even take the sentiment of him being on 
the disadvantaged side right now. I mean, Trump. Let's take it aside. He's the president of the United States. He has privy to a lot of information that even the organized media might not have. Now, a lot of, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, a, a very close associate of Trump and the, the Washington administration came out recently to say that a, a, a very unique code is a, he said is a blockchain technology was used to mark the ballot papers. And okay. the most of the ballot papers that were counted and that were called for Biden did not have that code. And that yes, did not have the unique code, code on every them. Every single ballot paper printed by the electoral umpire had that unique blockchain code. So what it means is that the electoral umpire has the ability to track every single ballot that they produced. They know the ballots that were not counted. They know the exact location of those ballots that were not counted. And we've seen some videos of ballots being brought out from the trash. And when they were checked, it all had Trump on it. And these were the original ballots printed by the electoral umpire. So I don't think anybody should hurriedly... And and again, to add to that, I mean, okay, let us say um, the organized media has called for Biden and they're trying to shove it down everyone's throats. The... The, mm-hmm. the the Russian president and the Russian administration has said that very knowingly said that they are not going to congratulate anybody till the court proceedings are over. The Mexican president said the same thing. The Chinese premier said the same thing. And that the North Korean leader. Now, if anybody should be in a hurry to congratulate Joe Biden, it should be China. Because if you've been following you will understand that China and Trump has been at loggerheads for the four years of his administration. He has denied China a lot of privileges yes. by returning factories from China to America. China. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's the right thing to do, not to congratulate mm. you. The, um, well, we've had a lot of people congratulating a lot of world leaders. I mean, Except in cases of our Nigerian president, where they don't okay. have it. Well, we've had so. other presidents you think would know better congratulating. I mean, like the Israeli prime minister has gone ahead to congratulate Joe Biden and he was called out for it and he's trying to make amends, but the damage has already been done. So the world leaders who know how these things are working, who know the implications that anything could happen in court are saying we are keeping our congratulatory messages for now. Let us see how the court proceedings will go. And you think they will know better. So if it was actually a dead on arrival case, I think we should have had um, um, Moscow, Beijing, Mexico congratulating and even Pyongyang from North Korea. So if these leaders are saying we should wait till court proceedings are over before we congratulate, I think it means that there is yeah. a case and we should all watch with our fingers crossed to see how this one turns out. Oh man, that's a lot. Um, so um, let's let's leave America and come back to our own Nigeria now. Um, you know, with the we, do you think hopes are lost? Um, you know, with the way it seems, the protest has died down, and even on Twitter, it's no more as loud as it used to be. Do you think there's still a place for the whole um and and um and SARS movements or you think it's all over right now from the handwriting on the wall from the mood in the air i think it's going to be very hard for anything like that to happen again 
the reason is that the government is closing down on all the leaders of that protest. Um, closing closing them the down. CBN the has frozen accounts related to every person who was who championed the protest. The news broke today. No, the news broke over the weekend that the CBN is freezing all their accounts. A lot of NSAS promoters have been stopped from traveling. Their passports have been seized. Um, DJ Switch, who okay. covered the Lekki massacre, escapes Nigeria and just today she, yeah, she has been She's in Canada this, right now, yeah. I heard yes, she was after even appearing side. before um, the Canadian Parliament. Now, even today, yeah. the media aid to the president, Gary Bashevi, came out to say that everyone who promoted and supported NSAS will be prosecuted. The girl, the, wow. uh, there's a lady, Renu, I think that's her name. She has come out to say yeah. her life is under threat and they are about to freeze her account. So what the government is doing is closing down on everyone who supported that movement. That will send um, a message of fear across the air and it will make anyone think twice before coming out for such movements again. So from what I am seeing right now, I do not think there is hope. So was was this was this protest a mistake at first? Like, do you think it did? It had any impact at all? Despite what's happening right now, do you think yes, it, it had? had any it had a lot of impact. impact. It had a lot of impact. To deny that it had impact would be to be living in denial. It had a lot of impact, both on the government okay. side and on the side of the people. Now, it had a lot of impact in the sense that, although the the, the current administration is a bit insensitive, um, for for starters. The police, the Nigerian police, whichever unit they name them, SWAT or SARS, whatever they call them, they're be more sensitive in dealing with mm -hmm. people and handling people's personal property right now. They know that. Yes, they will do. they be? For me, you know, for me, I feel it's going to be worse right now. Because I was telling someone before now that um, if this whole protest does not work, that they are coming back. 10, 10 times worse than they were before. Yeah. I don't know if you feel me. So they feel like, okay, you think you can rob us on the mud and go scot-free. So I don't know if... Well, yeah, I, think, I don't know. Um, what sparked of this whole protest was this issue of checking people's phones and, you know, arresting people for looking good and everything. I think they will be more sensitive. They will be more sensitive. And on the other hand, yes, like I said, the government is closing in on every person who promoted answers and that might mean that um this thing something like this might not happen again but on one hand the 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 police will receive instructions to be very careful in their dealings and again they will know that the people are watching so yeah. people now know that they can actually do something about a particular situation i don't know if you understand so it would make the police be more vigilant and more careful i feel it will make them more vigilant and more careful if that is the only thing that we achieve with this protest i feel it will make them more vigilant and more careful that's just what me i think deep down and okay do you do you think um the issue of um, um policemen that have done things wrong being prosecuted do you think it's feasible or it should just be in the books i don't and think it will come to reality I don't think it will come to reality. I think I think they'll just do it the way they do it. Just after sometimes the whole case will die off. I don't even think if any police officer will prosecute it. What you have is a lot of people that were arrested during protests are still in detention. A lot of lawyers are supposed to go and help them mm -hmm. probably out of fear or they are being threatened. So 
I feel I feel I don't know. I don't know if you if you heard that some people are even picked. Pick, they, they are yes, picking up something up. from their homes saying, right that's now. That's why I said they are closing in on everybody who supported that movement. So it's actually really very sad and unfortunate. And I don't think they will do anything to the police officers who were prosecuted. I do not think who were found guilty or indicted. I don't think anything will happen to them. I mean, this is Nigeria, so. I just really feel bad for those people who are being persecuted right now. I mean, the, the, the individual citizens who supported NSAT. And it was one of the reasons I, I knew something like this would happen because I want to close in and make sure something like this never happened again. And now the Nigerian government is in court with Twitter. They want to stop Twitter from operating in the Nigerian airspace. Um, that's, that's in our It's happening I don't in China. China. That's in China. I mean, I mean, they are the government. For them to be able to go to court and a court can entertain that kind of case, it means there's a possibility in it. I don't know if you understand. They would have had their lawyers coming together to study the whole case and study the... I mean, they are learned people, even if you want to argue that they used it for the wrong reasons. So, the, for them to go to court, for a court to entertain the case and for the case to be on here right now, it means a possibility. There's something possible that that's my happen so yeah it's possible so we shouldn't be too confident uh, that's why they're closing in and apart from going to court against twitter they're also trying to regulate social media so so they're trying to close in yeah, every, yeah. Sec, every way that the nigerian youth can use to communicate it's it's sad i mean it's sad it's very sad Well, you're, 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 the way you're sounding, it sounds like it's really hopeless for us right now. Like, what do you think, what way or what avenue do you think could bail us out from what we are in right know. now? I don't know. Honestly speaking, I don't know because being realistic, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm seeing any way or any avenue being bailing out. I mean, a lot of people have talked about um, 2023 voting and everything. But the realities are first and are far first. So I don't know. I think it just has to be to keep being observant, putting pressure on the system, you know, have a plan. For me, that might just be the only way. But the plan is going to be on the long run. The plan is going to be on the long run. So for now. So even 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 come 2023, you don't nah. see a change. The, th- the, reason, the reason is that, the reason is this. It's not as if I'm trying to discourage young people. But... To register a political party in Nigeria used to be 1 million naira. It's now 10 million. To register a political party in Nigeria takes close to three to four years. And these are facts I'm giving you. Now, if the government that is closing down on NTAR's protesters sees that, and remember the tenure of the INEC chairman, Professor Mahmoud Yakubu, has been extended for another five years. So once that party name gets there, they would do everything within their power to make sure that party does not get registered before 2023. And that would leave youth in confusion. Mm-hmm. So I think in place of trying to hijack 2023, I think there should be a long-term plan. A long-term plan. Probably 10 to 15 years okay. long-term plan that can that they can start executing bit by bit. Then with that, by that we stand the chance. We stand the chance. Or saying you just want to come out from a political party, hijack 2023, the chances are slim. The chances are slim because you're dealing against the big players and it's going to be very hard. It's possible because, of course, anything is possible, but then it's going to be very hard.
So yeah, from what you're saying now, you're just saying come 2023, they are going to shuffle the power of course, uh, amongst themselves again. Whoa. Realistically, that's what it's looking like. But on on a serious note, we can actually make a difference. For it has to be on a long-term plan. Okay. It has to be on a long-term plan. Yeah, so, long-term plan. I mean, when APC was formed, you what you had coming together to form APC was ACN, APGA, um, AD, AMPP. These were parties with close to 10 to 15 to 20 years political experience sitting governors ex-president all coming together to form a political party and it still wasn't easy for them to take power from the ruling party so you to make these things happen a lot of experience is needed and there has to be a lot of learning to be done so long-term organized planning will do it it will do it because it can do it well, this short-term plan, I don't see anything happening, anything of sort happening. Oh, Emeka, thank you for coming on the pod right. today. Thank you, Yeah, yeah, but before before I let you go, um, you'll get to tell us um, what music you're listening to at the moment, or maybe an album, an album you're familiar at the moment. A new album. Um, I, I think I'll go yeah. for Banana Boys and Twice as Stop. I mean... That album is everything for me. Okay. But album is by the story, yeah, for me. That's, that's <laughs> like the album. And what track? What track um, is your favorite in the album? I've got so many favorite tracks from the album. I like um, I like 23. I like 23? Um, Real Life. I like Monsters You Made. And then I like Time Flies. Yeah, those are my favorites on the album. Okay. 